Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Miranda, the Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, you know, November is Adoption Awareness Month. And you know the very sad thing for those of us who work so hard in the pro-life movement to bring an end to abortion, to stop abortion, it's so sad that so, so many moms are just afraid to do adoption. They think having an abortion is easier. And we know from experience by the women of Silent No More who've had abortions and deeply regret it, that adoption would have been a better option for them. But no one was encouraging them. And many times people say, well, okay, the adoptive mother, like, you know, she, she places her child for adoption. But what about the kids? How do the kids feel when later they find out, sometimes they find out when they're young uh, adults or teenagers or young children, uh, that they were adopted? What are their feelings? And how do they feel about their birth mother opposed to their adopted mother? And that whole gamut that goes on. Well, joining me today, we're going to explore the feelings of someone who actually was adopted. His name is Brian Kemper. He's no stranger to us here at Priest for Life. He heads up our youth outreach and newly now he's coordinating our street activism projects. So welcome to the program, Brian. Hey, Janet, thanks for having me. It's good to be on. Okay, great to have you. And of course, our audience has been praying for you. Many of you might have heard that several months ago, uh, Brian had a stroke, but thanks be to God, he's getting back in the saddle and he's doing much better. So we're, we're going to keep praying, Brian, of course, uh, as you, you continue to follow your course of recovery. But today we want to focus on adoption. And like I said, it's Adoption Awareness Month and you were adopted so why don't we first of all you were living in california but tell us what you were told as your adoption story well janet my mine was was a little different um uh, than than a lot of people's when my mother got pregnant um just just out of high school in 1966 in california and we know that uh, um, abortion wasn't legally available at that point in california but my grandparents' attitude and, and so many people's attitudes towards a young woman who was pregnant out of wedlock um, drove so many to seek an illegal abortion. And that's what my mother had done. And then she was sent, my, my grandparents actually were so ashamed of their daughter being pregnant, she was sent to Northern California, to San Francisco, to live in a home for unwed mothers until I was born. So the neighbors wouldn't know she was pregnant. Um, and so I, I had a lot of trauma before I was even born, you know, in my life with, with all of this, Janet. And then my mother ended up um, marrying my father, but divorced him immediately. And then married another man who adopted me. And they didn't tell me about this for, for many years. Uh, until their divorce and I was 11 years old and my mother, um, she, she actually, to be honest, tried to use the adoption as a, as a tool to get back at, at my father, uh, my adoptive father for the divorce. But it, it really 
it kind of backfired because because to be honest, you know, in in the the the, the life and the family that I was growing up in and all the brokenness, it, it showed me like love. Like that man loved me so much that he was willing to adopt me to be his own child. Um, because I didn't have a real father in my life. And so that was probably my first experience of understanding how much you have to, to love to be able to adopt because, because you and I both know we have natural children. We know that love that we have for our children and our grandchildren. It's just, it's there, but these adoptive parents to come in and show that kind of love to me. It's, it's a miracle. It's absolutely beautiful and a miracle. And so that was that was how I found out about the adoption. Um, obviously, a little different from others, but it was, you know, and, it, and it, it kind of goes almost like to me, you know, this part of my life. And now that I'm working towards pro-life and promoting adoption over abortion and such, when I was that that child, that poster child, so to say, of a woman that would seek an abortion. Yeah. So basically you had your birth mother in your life and her, when she later married, that's the man who adopted you as his son. But you just said that at age 11, that's when your parents who you knew as your parents broke up. So who did you go to live with your birth mother or your adoptive father? I, I was between both of them for a couple of years and then got to meet my real father, um, which which was, you know, I, and I've met adopted people who've never had that opportunity. And actually, two weeks ago, I got to go see my father in California. I, I now have a beautiful relationship with my real father and and come to find out, you know, he was so concerned about me and what was going on that he let the other man adopt me out of love because he wanted me to have the best possible. And he wasn't in that position. He knew that by allowing that, that he was going to give me a better opportunity um, in life. And so I, I look at that too. And yeah, I'm, I met my real dad, I best about 12, 13 years old. Wow. And your relationship now, like you have a relationship with your birth mother, your adoptive father, and your real father? My my birth mother and my adoptive father have both passed on in life. Um, huh. And so my my adoptive father, or my, my birth mother and my adoptive father passed. And my, my real father is who I have left. Um, and that he's he's it as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, I had I had that for, for many years, just the three of them. Um, but, uh, now it's just my real dad and, and, and realizing the decision he made probably helped save me, uh, to where I'm at now. Well, you, you think though, the beginning part of your story was that abortion wasn't legal. So your mom's parents didn't know where, how to get rid of the pregnancy other than send her away to a a home for unwed mothers. But yes. can you imagine if it had been, you know, when abortion became legal in California and then eventually Roe v. Wade, I may not be talking to you now because they probably, being they wanted to quote, quote, hide the pregnancy, they probably would have considered that, wouldn't they have? I believe abortion became legal pretty much while I was too far along. I believe it was around 67. 
well, that when I was born, but but I when I was conceived, it, it wasn't, and they were not able to find one. So yeah, there a, a several month difference, and, and you're not speaking to me today, Janet. Right? Yeah, you Just came very months. close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so that's why things like looking at you know Dobbs versus Jackson, you know, the reaction that we had when that passed was so emotional. Janet, not just because we've given our lives to this, but I almost gave my life to Roe. Yeah. Yeah, actually, just a, you know, a short little distance in time and you wouldn't have been here. And then, so for, for your, would be your grandparents, your mom's parents, who obviously wanted to hide the pregnancy, how, what, how did they behave when your mom decided to keep you, bring you home, and then marry your your adopted father right and, she first and married my real father she actually married him for a few months and they divorced i think they uh, were pressured into it they didn't they what weren't you know it was back in those days where you pretty much did what you had to do and and it just wasn't working for them but no after that i didn't know anything about it until i got older they kept it pretty, pretty secret. And that's who I thought were my parents. I have a, a half sister who I thought was my, my full sister up until I was about 10, 11 years old. All right. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be, most people don't find out till they're, you know, like preteen, preteen. Although there are some stories where kids find out much sooner than that. But I would say if I had a guess, I think most kids are at age 10 when they find out they're adopted. Um, mm -hmm. But how did you feel, first of all, I guess, you know, growing up, knowing that in the back of your mind, and then, of course, now you've been working for decades in the pro-life movement, watching, you know, so many babies die to abortion and knowing that, you know, it could have been me had the laws been different, but knowing that if it wasn't for adoption and, you know, the unwed uh, mom's home and all those situations, you wouldn't be here. So how, how did that affect your, your pro-life work? Yeah, that was very, very significant for me, Janet. Like as, as I got into the work, starting to think about and started to learn about um, abortion and, and such. And again, like I had gone downhill after I moved in with my real father. By that time, I had kind of been very rebellious and started getting into drugs and stuff. And it was 1987 when I when I got clean. Um, when I got off meth and coke and and found Christ, um, that I started to really think about about those things and and learning about abortion and adoption and such. And for me, Janet, to be honest, like at first I I just couldn't understand why adoption was so controversial to people. Like I don't, as somebody who who benefited from someone loving them so much that they would adopt them and become their parent. Like I could not imagine when people would tell me, Oh, I'd rather have an abortion than adopted out to some stranger. Like that to me was mind boggling, but Janet it's out there. People have demonized adoption and, and glorified abortion, which it's my, it's honestly mind boggling that an act of so much love could be demonized and that an act of violence can be embraced as Anne Hathaway yesterday, yesterday in the media called it an act of mercy, abortion. And, and that just 
it's mind-boggling to be what it is, Janet. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, the yeah, act of mercy aborting your child, as opposed to a real act of mercy would be a, a giving that making an adoption plan for that child. You know, yes. it's such a better option, as we know. And yet, I you know, I think Brian, what contributes to the negativity about uh, adoption is there was a period I would say in the eighties where they had these movies um, that you would see on different channels about adoption cases, like scary stuff, like where the birth mother comes back and tries to reunite with the child. Then the child wants to reject the adoptive parents and goes off with the birth mother. You know, there's all these kind of scary stories. And I think those stories in the 80s just stuck with people for, I think, a very long period of time. And now we've had to really kind of, you know, go overboard to show how beautiful adoption can be and that so many, you know, children are so much better off that they were able to find uh, adoptive parents. Wouldn't you say that's the thing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it definitely. I remember that. And, and, and I still, to this day, Janet, people, people have older people have conversations about how, how, oh, you don't know what's going to happen if you adopt. It could be one of these nightmare stories. And, and my thoughts, Janet, is it, it's like, what side are we airing on? It could possibly be a bad thing or we can murder the child. Like <laughs> when you really look at it and use the proper terminology for what it is, it's, it's a no brainer. But that's really how some people think that, like I said, that going in and paying someone to to pull this human child to bits is more merciful than 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 allowing a couple who maybe aren't able to have a baby to love that child and raise that child and give it a beautiful life. I, I look at people like Ryan Baumberger and, and, and people like that who were adopted and who have adopted. And they have such beautiful families, such beautiful families. And for someone to say that it would have been more beautiful or merciful for that child to be in a, in a, in, in a grave or, or a trash can, it, it, it's, it's, yeah. Well, you know, I hope people will um, really think about promoting adoption. You know, I, I just don't understand why every church doesn't have something in their church announcements or church bulletins encouraging people uh, to think about adoption, either if you're un in an unexpected pregnancy or if you're a couple that, like you said, wasn't able to have a child naturally themselves, would consider opening their home to adoption because it is so beautiful. And, you know, there, there are so many children that are just in foster care who have been just kind of left that are waiting for adoptive families to come forward. So, um, Hopefully, you know, people will see that it is such a positive experience, wouldn't you say? Well, absolutely, Janet. And and there's, I know that I've heard people say, well, they don't want to go through it. They're too embarrassed. They don't want to go to and, and say, oh, I'm giving my child away. They, that, that That's almost a stigma on them. Yet, I, I believe you had a guest recently who was here in my little town in Ohio, right after she was on your show, to open right. up our baby box at our fire station. And that right. way... These, if if that woman, whatever's going on in her life, it, it, no matter how scared or embarrassed, 
she could go anonymous, anonymously and put this child at the fire station where it will be immediately taken care of, given medical treatment, making sure that everything is okay and given love and, and someone and people that will love that child. There are so many things you can do now. Abortion is just not a necessary thing in any way. Yeah. Well, what you're referring to, Brian, so our, our people know what you're talking about there, it's called safe haven or baby boxes. Yes. And here in the United States, people don't realize that there are safe haven laws in all 50 states here in America. And what that means, brothers and sisters, very simply, is that if a mother uh, has a baby in the hospital and changes her mind, she can walk out of that hospital and leave the baby behind and say, I can't parent, I don't wanna do it. The state will take over and find an adoptive family for that baby. Now she can go one step further. She could take the baby home and after a few days and or a week, now that this is where the laws change state by state. Some, uh, some states give them 30 days. There's different wait, waiting periods. But if at the, during that period of time, they say to themselves, I just can't parent, I can't do it. They could bring that baby to any fire station or hospital and they will accept that child into the state system and find an adoptive parent. Now, what you're referring to, a baby boxes, that's a whole program. Uh, it's in several states already where the people in the community will raise the money and they put a box uh, in a fire station or in the, by a hospital, in the hospital's wall. And what it is, is it from the outside, it looks like um, just a silver door. And you open the door you put your baby inside the door, like in a little carrier, close the door. As soon as you close the door, an alarm goes off, letting the people on the other side know that there's some someone or something's in there. And they come and they take care of that baby immediately. Um, yeah. So it's it's a marvelous thing. And it's catching on in more states. I, I would love to see it in all 50 states and, and see more people advocating for it. But even if there isn't those baby boxes in your fire station, you don't have to have a baby box. You could just walk into the fire station and literally place the baby on the, on the floor and walk out. And the fire department, the firemen will take it from there. And so when you think about it, you know, there's no um, negative thing there. Uh, there's no paperwork to fill out. There's nothing to do other than just saying, I can't deal with this. Here, take the baby. I'm out of here. And I just think we've got to get that message out there in a bigger way because unfortunately, as you know, they're still finding babies in dumpsters or babies left here, they're there, they're in yon. And it's not necessary in, in this day and age when there's a safe way to surrender your child. Well, Brian, if you could say just one thing to a woman who's pregnant and in need, and afraid to even consider adoption, you only have, you say, like a minute to convince her or to, what would you say to that woman right now? Well, I would probably first, if feeling the situation, what we're in, if she maybe needed a hug, maybe, maybe something like that, but let her know how loved and how important that she is. And I think that's important, Janet, not to initially first just only talk about the baby, but make sure that she also knows that she's loved and we're, and that I'm concerned about her and her. 
but also to let them know that I can make sure and provide a way for her to make sure her baby's taken care of, that the pro-life movement has so many resources. And like you said, either the hospital or the fire station um, and make myself available to, to make sure that she is able, able to get that child taken care of. And that's something that I know I, I could pick up my phone and almost any number I have in there is somebody that could help me and somebody in this movement that knows someone that can help. And that's one of the beauties of this movement, Janet, you know, is the, is the connections that we have, like with this lady. Um, and what was one thing, Janet, that I would love your viewers to know is we found out in our town that the old fire station was, was going to be shut down. So they were going to build this new fire station. And that's when someone from the town came in and said, hey, when you're building it, let's build the baby box with it. So it was actually put into the plans of the new fire station. Something that I think any of our viewers could do in their towns. If they know a new hospital wing or a new fire station, make that suggestion. It worked here and it's beautiful. And, and Janet, you know, you asked about how like people have this attitude sometimes. I, I remember it was about three weeks ago I was driving and there was a stroller on the sidewalk early in the morning with like a blanket covering what would have been where the baby was and nobody around no cars no doors open just a stroller and i i parked and i jumped out of my vehicle to look under that blanket thank god it was just trash you know someone had left there but the stroller itself looked nice and i'm like anybody in their right mind would have looked at that stroller to make sure there's not a baby in there Yet many of those same people that are so worried about that stroller and that baby who would be like, oh, my gosh, I got to save that baby. Would also promote the act of abortion. Like, it, it again, it just doesn't make sense with all of the, the resources and all of the care that we have for little precious infants and such that abortion is also an option. It, it, it doesn't make any sense, Janet. Right. I know it doesn't. Well, Brian, I hope many women are encouraged by hearing you as someone who was adopted. Uh, got You got an adopted uh, dad. Uh, what a great experience that was for you. And I hope your message today has been encouraging uh, for so many women who might be in that situation and might see that adoption is really a true loving option. So thank you for joining me today, Brian. Janet, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, and I really do pray that this show will encourage someone that's that's thinking about that to, to, to think about adoption and, and, and know that we can help. Send us an email. We can help you. That's right. Well, thank you, Brian, for joining me. Well, brothers and sisters, thank you, too, for joining me on our program today. And just remember, there are some abortions only you will be able to stop and some lives only you will be able to save and use adoption as another tool and weapon to bring an end to abortion. Thank you and God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.